Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Uh, I think we're going to come to a conclusion today. Can you imagine? <laughs> We've been looking at First and Second Thessalonians now for several episodes, just seeing what the Lord uh, said to this new body. Okay, remember this church, uh, Paul, you spent a few weeks with them, brought the gospel to them. They believed, and tremendous, marvelous things happened among them. I would encourage you to go back and read the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians just to be reminded of how Paul was encouraging them, what he was saying about them, and what had occurred in their lives, how the gospel was trumpeting forth from them, and people's lives were being transformed, and all of Achaia and Macedonia, this, this large region, had heard what was going on with them. But there were some things going on, and so Paul wrote some a uh, couple of letters to them to encourage them, to exhort them, to teach them, and he taught them about things that uh, they were sort of confused about, you know, what happens if we die right now before the Lord returns? What about the return of the Lord? He gave some more in detail about that, and then toward the end of the second Thessalonians, and we, as we've seen in the last couple episodes, he uh, gave a commandment to them, and he says, hey, don't, uh, don't live an unruly, undisciplined life. As a matter of fact, he said, you keep away from a brother who is leading this unruly, undisciplined life. And then we found that uh, sort of what he's talking about. Apparently, there were people that were just being lazy. Okay? They were mooching off other portions of the body of Christ. <laughs> Nothing changes, does it? And sometimes it's uh, what we would call panhandling, that kind of thing. Other times it was a lot more subtle. A lot of what we deal with day in and day out is a very subtle type of thing. And uh, I'm not going to get any more details on that because I probably already said more than I needed to say, but I don't think I did. Because uh, people know, they see when people are slothful in their, uh, in their lives, okay? They're slothful in the way they live. They're slothful in what they profess to believe and how it's actually manifest in their life. So he said, he told them, don't do this. He said, do what we did. We were a model for you. We didn't eat anybody's bread and not pay for it. We labored day and night to where we would not be a burden to you. So he said, you know, I command you, I exhort you. He was really strong about this. He says, if you were one of these folks doing this, live in a quiet fashion and eat your own bread. And he used this term, quit acting like a busybody. Okay, they were acting like busybodies. But then the last verse we saw, which was in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, says this. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. So even coming down upon them and saying, okay, here's the thing. We, we know that this can, you can grow weary of doing this. And this doing good sometimes comes about in a different way. You know, we think, oh, it's always giving somebody what they want. No, doing good is keeping away from that unruly brother. Doing good is speaking forth the truth to that unruly, undisciplined brother. Say, hey, you can't do this. Doing good is sitting there saying no. Remember what he said? If anyone's not willing to work, you're not going to eat either. Okay? Then he's not to eat either. And so if you're not willing to work, then don't come and gather around the table and mooch off everybody else. And that's, that's tough love right there. And he says, don't grow weary in doing that. Now, listen to what he says in verse 14, the very next verse. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of that person and do not associate with him so that he will be put to shame. <laughs> we go, wow, what are you talking about? He's saying if somebody does not obey the instructions, 
commandments and instructions in this letter, then you take note of that person. And quite often people say, oh, we're not supposed to judge one another. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, we're not going to judge one another. We're going to take notes. We're going to take special notes that you're saying that this is not the truth and I'm not going to live that way. And he says if somebody does that, and note again, it's a brother. He says, do not associate with him so that he will be put to shame. Well, if you just read that verse, you think, well, that's horrible. How can God do that? Well, the next verse is going to help us. And then other portions of the scripture that deal with this type of thing give insight to it. The idea is this, that you're not putting them the shame to where they live a life of shame the rest of their life. No, you're doing it to where they realize, wait a minute, this that I am doing is a shameful act, is a shameful deed, and I need to change my ways. We're doing this to where they will change their way and they will be brought back in the right relationship with God. They will not be in a sinful, uh, uh, rebellious behavior. The whole point is to bring them back to where they should be with the Most High God. So he says this, do not associate with him so that he will be put to shame. Now, verse 15, yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. And that admonishing thing right there carries the idea of keep admonishing, keep admonishing, keep this before him. I've shared this example before, but I'll share it again. Uh, this will manifest itself in different ways. When people come along and say, well, here's what everybody has to do. You got to be real careful with that. I have a very dear friend a long time ago, not a lifetime ago, uh, had a situation and he had a friend and I knew this other friend and, um, this other friend was involved in a, a particularly heinous sin, okay, which is socially acceptable now, but is uh, abhorrent in the eyes of God. And so my friend didn't know what to do with him because this, this sin is something that you, you cannot just, you know, justify and say, no, this is okay. And uh, he was worried about his family, too, because this, this guy was around the family all the time, this kind of stuff. And I told him, I said, well, here's what needs to happen. You just need to tell him, hey, I am your friend. I am here for you. I'm not going to regard you as an enemy, okay? And this whole idea of associating with him and this kind of thing, this carries different formats, different degrees. I think you seek the Lord and he'll guide you in this. Um, I would tell him, no, you, you cannot come over to the house anymore. You're not welcome around my wife and kids, okay? I can't have you flaunting this kind of lifestyle and being there. Uh, I will be in your life. We'll go out and eat lunch, okay? We'll do that. But I'm going to be admonishing you. You're not going to be able to associate with them in the way that you did before. Because when you're in this type of sin, when you're doing this, we have a role and a responsibility and instruction, a commandment here from the Most High God to keep on admonishing. Now, this doesn't mean haranguing and harassing somebody. Okay? This means laying it before them saying, you know what this is. You know you should not be doing this. You will probably not be able to relate with them and hang out, as we would say in the vernacular of the day, in the same kind of way. But you're able to go out and speak the word to them. And all too often what we do is we just want to write somebody off and that's it. And they feel abandoned. No, if God has called you to be in their life and to speak the truth, then you keep speaking the truth and keep speaking the truth and keep speaking the truth. Remember what Titus says. Yes, the body may be remaining aloof from them. But in the midst of that remaining aloof, we're admonishing, we're instructing. Now, the last three verses that close out this letter, Paul gives a little farewell doxology. Now, may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in 
every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. And remember, they were going through trials and tribulations. They'd had some tough times. And he says, the Lord is the Lord of peace. May he grant that peace to you in every circumstance. Too often we want peace. And the way we want is that there will not be times of distress. Oh, no, 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 no. There will be. But the Lord is the Lord of peace. Verse 17. I, Paul, write this letter with my own hand. And this is a distinguishing mark in every letter. This is the way I write. So uh, I really said I write this greeting with my own hand. These last two or three verses right here, he wrote with his own hand. He would have had like a uh, secretary type of situation. They would have written down these letters that he was dictating. But at the end, he would write with his own hand to prove that it was actually him that was writing it. And, and that's the reason he said, I'm writing this greeting with my own hand. This is a distinguishing mark in every letter. This is the way I write. Remember earlier when he said, hey, don't you get caught up if somebody says that the day of the Lord has come. And he said, if by letter from me, that's the reason we think that somebody was sent us some false letters. Then the last verse he says is, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Usually he starts off the letter speaking of the grace of the Lord and he ends speaking of the grace of the Lord. That's a good way for us to live, okay? Day in, day out in the grace of the Lord. Well, again, I'm Dale, and I thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you again next time.